0: Hi, everybody. Ryan here. Uh, just letting you know that uh, this was our first try recording remotely uh, via Skype, so there are a few little audio glitches here and there, but for the most part, things turned out okay. So we'll be back uh, bringing you episodes, hopefully every week, uh, starting uh, starting today. So hope you enjoy the podcast. And as always, you can find us, unrollpodcast at gmail.com, unrollpodcast.com. Um, and, uh, we will very shortly have our Patreon page up and running. So people will be able to support the podcast if they've got, uh, if they feel so inspired. Um, and, uh, we've got some exciting things coming up for you. So, uh, enjoy the podcast and have a wonderful Monday or whenever it is that you are listening to this. Thanks.
1: Hi, Ryan.
0: Hey, Kate. (laughs) We did it.
1: We really did. I'm terrified and excited and a little aroused.
0: (laughs) Oh, Um, geez. So I've been
1: dreaming of what Unrolled would look like once my belly fruit emerged. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) And it looks a lot like this, which the listeners can't see at home. But here's a purchase I made recently. I'll just have you read it out loud.
0: The <laughs> uh, Cracker Barrel macaroni and cheese dinner, no artificial flavors, <laughs> sharp white cheddar. That's right. <laughs>
1: um, I just bring that up because it's been a it's been an acid trip blur since we last spoke, and I was thinking that I that I thought what I would like to do for this episode of Unrolled is I want I want to design it this way. I want you to tell me what the hell has happened <laughs> in the last three. It's been like almost a month.
0: Yeah, three yeah. And a half
1: weeks. I want you to tell me what's going on with yoga, and I'm going to tell you what I think happened. Okay. <laughs> and they're going to be wildly unrelated.
0: Wait, what's going on with yoga, or what's going on with life? Both. Both. You you tell me both, but. Okay. The, your
1: goal is to really catch me up in what I've missed in the world in general.
0: In the world in general, <laughs> um, well, I feel like I have to work backwards. Um, there was some. There was some weather that occurred, and is occurring oh, still. Um, uh, there, uh, I don't know, Kate. The last weeks have been like a blur. I don't I don't know how to conceptualize and describe all of it cuz it it all started with a trip to Montreal.
1: Oh, that's right.
0: Um, with my brothers. Did you see a lot of boobs? Was it no, that kind of thing? I I did not go to that part of the bachelor party because Brian. I was really uncomfortable with the way that they were talking about that experience. Like, I would have no problem being in a room with people shirtless and boobs out. It was just, like, wow, you guys, this is, like, a real thing. This isn't, like, something that's parodied in shitty movies. Like, this is really how you guys speak about. Oh.
1: There is no irony to it? Yeah. That's uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, Oh,
0: But it was also a comedy of errors in that the, the, uh, Airbnb got switched last minute. Uh, so there was 11 of us in a two bedroom apartment.
1: Oh shit. Uh, so is everyone on the floor?
0: Uh, well there were two queen beds in each bedroom and then like pull out couches. So I was on the couch (laughs) for two nights and then I got a hotel. (laughs)
1: How many I, nights were you there for?
0: Uh, three total. Oh, uh-huh. Okay. okay. Uh, but it was also McGill move weekend. So like hotels were not exactly like available or cheap. <laughs> oh um. my
1: gosh, McGill. Doesn't, don't they have like a moving day that's sort of almost like a citywide thing? that Everybody moves on the same day.
0: I don't know. Not for McGill, but for. Oh, 100. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but uh, but Montreal is lovely. I, I love Montreal. Um, I wish that we would have had more time to like go do other things. Um, but I went to a great yoga class while I was there, um, which was really interesting because it was definitely a studio where they probably don't get a ton of out-of-town people. And when I was signing in, I could tell the teacher was like, "Oh fuck, someone from out of town," like they're, like <laughs> because halfway through class, uh, she came up to me and she's like, "Oh, you you really like practicing this way? You look really happy." And I was like, "Yeah." Like I think she thought I was like a like a vinyasa practitioner that had like stumbled into like the wrong type of studio for a class oh. and it was like very, I mean, it wasn't the Iyengar studio and Iyengar classes. One could be without calling it that. Um, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, so I went there. It was very interesting, um, having a class that was, uh, n- not, um, It wasn't like she was translating her English into French, but she was using both like she would just randomly flip into French what like that it was it was very interesting um, Did it make you
1: feel fat and ignorant?
0: Um, did I lose you?
1: Oh dear, can you hear me? Can you hear me?
0: Okay, I can hear you again. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Awesome.
1: Okay, so the important question I asked was, did 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 it make you feel fat and ignorant when she switched into French?
0: Um, it didn't make me feel fat, but it was like, it, I, I know enough French to understand that she was not doing any sort of translating, so I was just like, wait, what was... That sounded like it was an interesting <laughs> thing... <laughs> I would like to know what you just said. (laughs) Oh,
1: that's so cool. uh, What was the name of the studio?
0: It was United yoga Montreal. It was really lovely. Two rooms, rope walls all over the place. and, And, um, there was a rather large teacher training day going on. Um, uh, which was interesting to just sort of peek into. Um, and, uh, Yeah, so, uh, then I got back from Montreal, and I've just been trying to get everything, I I don't know, I just, I feel like it's just a never-ending to-do list of shit. Like, I I don't even, I couldn't even tell you what happened over the past couple weeks, because it's just been, like, a fucking scramble, um...
1: Is it because it's September and there's new programming and you're gearing up for two teacher trainings?
0: Yeah. Which, by the way, I have tried to record a monologue for the podcast twice. And I have tried to get in front of a video camera and do promotional stuff for the teacher training. And I have failed miserably.
1: Why? (laughs) What happened?
0: I am just such... Like, when I don't have anyone to, like, feed off of... (laughs) Oh, got nothing. I just like sit there silently. It's like I don't know what to say.
1: <laughs> you need a wall to bounce off of. <laughs> well, out of this context, we should talk more about. Because do you remember one of the first times we recorded a video? It was in the Commons, and I started singing Le Mes. Yes, and it was for teacher training. Yes, you might need to. You might need to do something like that. It's true. It's true. Um.
0: But I, who the fuck cares what my week was like? You you had a you had a child, <laughs> you know, fucking child.
1: I do, and she's awesome. Um, I will say this, Ryan. I have done acid in my life. <laughs> <And> <laughs> when people are like, "How are you feeling? What's it like?" and the closest thing I can describe it to is honestly like. I did acid, and it stayed in my system, and it's just slowly coming out. Like in terms of how I perceive time,
0: sure,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and you know just how everything everything is just wildly reframed.
0: Uh
1: huh. Um, but I'll give you I'll give you the quick elevator pitch of of what happened. I was working from home on Thursday, the seventeenth, and my water broke in the morning at home and for most women the water doesn't break first so you like go into contractions and then the water breaks but mine went and then it was just mild contractions for like went to the doctor's office and they're like oh yeah you're in labor and I was like am I really I can't I could barely perceive the contractions they strap you up and they're like yeah, so you have two days before we have to induce you once your water breaks, and I uh, so I, I like labored at home for 24 hours, and then we went into the hospital, where I, I I basically, in short, I was I was in the process of getting her out of my body for about 41 hours. Oh
0: jeez.
1: it was a really long um extravaganza, and I wouldn't change anything, um, but my takeaway was when I was in the process was that there is so many things that get shoved in your head about how you're supposed to do things. You know, how, what, uh, what, uh, uh, especially like as a, as a yoga person, like this is how you're supposed to get the baby out of your body in a spiritually evolved way. Sure. You know, there, like, are little bits of that in every part of your life, including birth. And um, I think for me it was – I got to the point where I was like, I just – that doesn't matter anymore. I need to get her out of my body alive. Yeah. Do you know what <laughs> I mean? Um, so I ended up getting an epidural, uh-huh. um, which I hadn't planned on doing. I had done uh, – uh hypnobirthing and had equipped myself with everything I possibly could to to have a quote unquote and this is such a bullshit term natural birth yeah um, but we got to about hour 36 of of disorganized but active and very intense labor yeah where I was in the tub and after 36 hours you really you know they don't really let you eat there's you, start to, you can start to really understand how people could lose their mind yeah. because, you know, it's just like every two minutes you're experiencing this epic physical sensation where your whole body is, you know, surging, basically. And uh, I, I had this three, three different shifts of nurses came and went while I was going through this. <laughs> I just kept, like, shaking people's hands. I was like, thank you for your shift. I I hope to never see you again, but I might see you in a week because apparently this is what life is now is me in this tub. uh, (laughs) Um, and like time warps and you don't really understand when people are talking to you. That was the other thing. Thank God Nick was there to translate what the hell happened because it's like I could hear people, but I couldn't really understand things the way I normally do. And, um, this one nurse came in and she was young and she came in with her arms crossed and she and I thought to myself, "Uh-oh, we got a bitch." And I got nervous because here comes a young nurse with like a she looks pissed at me. I thought she was mad.
0: Yeah.
1: And then she looked at me. She got she got she got up close to me and she goes, "Look, we got to we got to figure this out." She's like, "I'm not going to let you do this forever." She's like, some nurses will let you do this forever. She's like, "No." It's not what's going to happen. She's like, eventually you're going to have to have energy to push, and you're not going to be able to get that baby out if we don't do something to help you get, your, get the contractions moving along and to help you dilate in a face. And I looked at her, and I was like, oh, God, there goes my dream. Because once they give you what's called Pitocin, It can start this cascade of interventions that can eventually lead to a C-section and and all sorts of things. And I, you know, I I so desperately, so yogically wanted to go in and and just, like, give birth in the woods with my hands up on a fucking tree branch. (laughs) And just emerge, cloaked in shimmering, you know, leaves and angels. But, um... I looked at her and I was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to have this and this happen. And I just, at one point looked at Nick and I go, Nick, what, what do we do? And he goes, we listen And her name was Angela. He goes, we listen to Angela <laughs> because Nick, you know, didn't want to, um, didn't want to take away my quote unquote idea, but he was also getting scared cause it was so long. Yeah. Uh, so long story short, I got the Pitocin and an epidural and my life changed. I, Absolutely, everything progressed like in two seconds. Like as soon as that happened, my body opened up. I I was able to push, and I like cranked her out in two seconds. And I thought to myself, why did I, f- of what the right thing to do is, and what the state of nature is, and how to return to it. But the fact of the matter is, there is no state of nature anymore. There is no like quote unquote authentic paleo lifestyle. There's, there is no going to, to returning to the woods. Yeah. Because that's not the creatures we are anymore. That's not how our bodies are built. Um, And there are women who can have a quote-unquote natural birth, um, but every box has to be checked off and perfectly aligned. And your water sure as shit can't break 24 hours before you have to push. And you know, it's just an analogy for everything else um, Uh and how how we think we should walk through life based on the idea of what purity is. And the word purity is such a, is such a dangerous thought of like, what is best? Here's the cleanest way to do something. And it, it all ties in to yoga because the community we were part of absolutely affected my expectation for what I thought I was supposed to do during this massive event in my life. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So But in that, in that moment, were you like, were you, was it really the thought of like, oh shit, this is like I, my, I'm I'm not doing this the way that I'm supposed to?
1: A little bit. I had a moment of, oh no, <laughs> I am using uh, Western medicine. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh no, I need Western medicine. And I think that. The, the other sub thought to, oh, no, I need Western medicine is I have not done a good enough job preparing with all of the tools that are available to me that are not Western medicine. I, I didn't do a good enough job with the hypnobirthing. I didn't do enough prenatal yoga. I didn't do enough meditation. like There were all of those that cascade of thoughts of, well, if I have to use Western medicine, I have failed to sufficiently prepare in the other modalities. Mm -hmm. Uh, which I think is sort of this unspoken thing amongst, and I'd I'd be curious about other um, mom yogis and their experience of that. And, And like I'm experiencing it with thing after thing in motherhood. And I'm like 10 seconds into being a mom, but I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like I'm trying to breastfeed, but my milk's not coming in great. So I'm like moving heaven and earth to try to make my boobs crank out more milk. (laughs) <laughs> and I could understand how somebody could inadvertently starve their child <laughs> trying to do it the natural and the right way, where it's like at the end of the day, no, you just, A, you got to get the baby fucking out of you. You've got to do it so that you're healthy enough so you can take care of them afterwards. You know, as best you can, and so that they come out as healthy as they can. Oh, and then you know what? You got to feed them. But like those two very simple things are are convoluted with the idea of there is this quote unquote natural way, this pure, this right, this state of nature way to do something that absolutely has been affected by my participation in contemporary yoga culture. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm in I'm enjoying playing with that
0: balance of. (laughs) shit <laughs> as she slurps her iced tea oh but you know what's in it what? don't
1: worry this is like magical lactation tea that's supposed to make me <laughs> ooze more milk fantastic <sighs> i don't know Ryan i i'm excited she's here she's she's awesome um but the culture around motherhood and and choices we make is is i'm you know i'm looking forward to getting really angry
0: <laughs> yeah i'm looking forward to it too i think it's gonna be fantastic <laughs> oh. <sighs> mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know where to go from there
1: You <laughs> I know i don't know either i oh excuse me um, in terms of, uh, physical stuff, I will say this at one point, uh, my nurse, Angela, who is like the saving grace of this whole narrative, um, was putting my body in yoga positions to help move my pelvis around to make space oh, for her to come out. Yeah. She had me in like supine twists and like we were using props and balls to, to shift things around and. And I was like, this is all yoga. And Like, you know, I'm saying yeah. sort of in my twilight. <laughs> the other thing that happened that is absolutely going to affect my practice coming out of this is, um, I, I mean, I've never been a deeply – well, that's not true. I, I have a lot less shame, I think, than the average bear. Sure. You know, by design. I've worked on that. But now, I mean, literally, once I delivered Frankie, I – I was naked (laughs) and (laughs) apparently I like whipped off the blanket and like was just like, once my, my legs came back, I was, I was just walking around naked and just because you have so many people up in your shit that you just (laughs) get, you forget. Yeah. To care. Um, so I don't anymore in a really exciting way. I, I don't care what anybody thinks of what this body looks like. Um, And I hope that that lasts. <laughs> yeah, that sounds
0: great. I hope that lasts too.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I feel like I would go to a yoga class and wear a sports bra now if it was a sweaty one and just not give a flying rat's tit <laughs> that like my belly is pouring over my yoga yeah. pants.
0: I don't know. Do you feel okay physically or?
1: Well, at one point, one of the midwives had her hands on my... The, the ischial tuberosities, is that sure. it? The sit bones? The, the two loops above it. It's, yes. It's yeah, yeah, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she had her hands on those. And I'm glad we have a video right now so that you can see. And she goes, <laughs> like I'm just going to open up your pelvis a little bit more. And I was like, all right. And she went, mm. Like, literally, I saw her elbows <laughs> come flying out as she opened up my pelvis. Um, and then I... For all intents and purposes, the last the couple of days after giving birth, I was fucking fine. Like everything was fine, and then on day three or four, all of a sudden, I could barely walk. Something in my hip. Yeah, is is different now. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, I mean, it'll be interesting to work through that because it's just on one side. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's soft tissue. Because I was afraid. I have a, I have a friend who tore her labrum because you're essentially in happy baby. Yeah. Get the kid out. Well, at least I was. I was in happy baby on my side and then I was in happy baby on my back.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And I was like, no, no, no. I'm not putting my hands behind my knees. I'm putting my hands up to the knife edge of my feet. <laughs> no, we reach here and pull down. <laughs> See, do I get extra credit points, nurses? And they were like, shut up.
0: <laughs> what? How, how was Nick during all of this?
1: That poor man saw every fluid come out of my body. <laughs> he was a rock star, you know? He just was quiet, steady, and when in the moment that I needed him the most, which was when I was being presented with new facts about... What was actually happening with labor, which is some of the nurses hadn't communicated with me clearly that Uh my cervical uh, progress wasn't what I thought it was. And when I had the the angry nurse come in that I was scared of come in and sort of tell me the reality of what I was looking at, um, Nick, at the end of the day, because I was having trouble understanding sort of what she was saying, I just looked to Nick and was like, Nick, what do we do? And he's like, we do this. And I was like, perfect. And, and to have somebody that you trust enough to just make a decision, you know, on something like that. Yeah. Um, he did great. He did great. Oh. Wait, what was the other thing I wanted to tell you about? Oh, my brain. Yeah. I mean, you go afterwards, your brain is useless. Or at least mine has been for the last couple of days. and it's not like a stereotype. like it's something yeah. it's that's the acid bit like for the last couple of weeks I'm just can't see straight almost.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm making childbirth sound awesomely fun, aren't I?
0: <laughs> well, at least you're at least you're being being honest about it.
1: Man, what the hell did I want to tell you? I don't know. What were we talking about before Nick? We were you talking about. Oh, anyways, I forget. I forget. Um, but you have to come over and meet her.
0: I know I I do.
1: I think that's the key because she has oily hair, just like that's really the most magnificent thing about her is her oily hair. (laughs) I mean, there's more magnificent things about her, but that's, that's, that's really the most, that's the thing. That's the most exciting thing right now. Um, I am curious though, if anybody is listening and has had, understands what I'm saying in terms of the, you didn't even know you had the expectations on yourself that were sort of subtly placed there by just, and it's not just the yoga community. I don't think that's fair, yeah. but it, it's, yeah, it's the, um, sort of the new age wellness, yeah. holistic, uh, West meets East pseudo, pseudo sort of, uh, I'm really interested in all of these healing modalities from all of these cultures kind yeah. of mindset that we all are, you know, are being sold. Um, and some of us are practicing genuinely and everything in between.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I'd be curious how that's affected other people for childbirth and motherhood. Yeah, we got to get Megan, and Caitlin. Uh-huh. That'll be fun.
0: But also, I mean, isn't it just to a certain extent, I mean, once you've, once you've given birth to the kid like isn't it to some degree like intuitive which part the like parenting part isn't it like i mean Uh, that's what what i've heard what an
1: interesting point you've brought up and i'm so glad you brought it up intuition this is um so we had i think yes and no um i i would guess that most people have intuition but when you're going to doctors and lactation consultants and family and all these people are around you and they make you question that intuition constantly. Yeah. Constantly. Like we had a, um, she had severe jaundice early, which, um, they sent us home with this thing called a Billy blanket, which is light therapy. And, um, you know, I was breastfeeding, but you have to start supplementing, uh, with formula Too a little bit and um the reason you have to do that is because if your milk supply doesn't come in um which is really fucked up nature nature really shat the bed on this one (laughs) so your milk okay the first thing that comes in is quote-unquote colostrum which you get for like a day and it's this thick stuff that um the baby's belly is like the size of a cherry so they don't need much of it but You have to have colostrum. And then in the next three to five days, they say, your milk comes in. Um, But we're at like week three and a half, and I'm still waiting for my milk supply to like get established. So like I had some of it come in, but not like. Yeah. And every freaking lactation consultant is like, no, 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 no. It, it's like this for every woman every woman has the has has the innate and natural capacity to do this and i had to use my intuition and be like look i don't think my baby's getting enough i think something's wrong you know yeah. and a lot of people sort of pushed back on me with that and then at the end of the day i ended up putting her in a blanket and running her across the street to saint elizabeth's er yeah. where they were like wow we're really glad you did that and i was like no shit but everybody was like <laughs> no, no no everything's fine so i do think there is this innate intuition when you when you've pushed somebody out of your body you're connected to them and you you sense you know things yeah. but there's also this tidal wave of information from people that are well meaning but are causing you to question that
0: sure sure
1: Which is interesting because in yoga we talk so much about, you know, trusting your God and trusting your intuition. And like I, you know, so much of that was brought into question in the last couple of days. And every time it came up, I was like, oh, my God, this is part of my yoga practice. Yeah. (laughs) I need to I need to talk to Ryan about this. (laughs) Um, Because it's terrifying. And my uncle, who's a marathon runner, he's run, like, 68 marathons uh, and run them, like, well, like, qualified for Boston. Like, he's not a professional runner, but he's, like, a, he's like the best of the best of the hobbyists. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. And he sent me an email uh, after I delivered Frankie and was like, okay, compare birth, childbirth, to running a marathon. Because now you've done both and you can talk to me. And I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. So you run the marathon. And then somebody comes up to you with a gun and puts it against your head and says, I want you to run the fastest 5K you've ever run. (laughs) And so you do it. And then when you're done with that, they're like, hey, good job. Uh, Go find your car and drive home. And you don't know where it is in the parking lot. You have no food and no keys. And so you're stumbling around a parking lot after running the marathon and the gun to your head 5K as so you're looking for your car. Oh, and then the caveat to all of this is if you fuck any part of it up, someone dies. <laughs> <laughs> like Gabby added that last bitch. Remember the emotional heft of failure is someone's going to get sick and die. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember how that ties into what
0: we were talking about. Did it? I
1: don't know. <laughs> Brian, I lost the thread.
0: I mean, is that any different than any other episode? It's true. <laughs> oh,
1: excuse me. But I don't know. I don't know. I'm looking forward to, um, getting on my mat again. And yeah. I'm also really scared of it. Cause I'm basically going to get on my mat with a different body yeah just how it works i don't give so much a shit about what it looks like but like i know that like i've tried to do a couple things at home yeah like uh oh i'm I, I have two seconds to get in the shower i should do a plank <laughs> i should do an awkward naked pendulous uneven breasted plank on my bathroom floor <laughs> fair fair and that didn't go so well yeah. So has anybody, what's, what's going on in the, in the, had there been any, um, has there been any, any scandals in social media?
0: Um, I, I, not that I, I've been, I've been avoiding social media like the plague. Um, I, uh, uh, Saw, um, well, I don't know if you listened to the podcast where, where, uh, Jay, uh, ended up selling the studio. (gasps) Oh, no, I haven't listened yet. Um, so there was that, uh, and I- And you sold
1: it to a hot yoga studio?
0: Yeah. And it was, it, it made me, like, totally flashback to when Back Bay was sold, like- and just like what of like fucking strange time that was <laughs> like when i think back on that like that was that was a really really strange time like there was so much shit in 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 flux and everyone was so like uh i think really like terrified as to what was going to happen um um, and then also like jockeying for position um and so i just thought of of everybody that both jay and everybody that worked at that studio and felt like oh that really sucks i mean it's great to like
1: they're not going to keep the teachers are they
0: i i don't know it sounded like they were going to try um but, uh, and I just emailed, I had one email exchange with Jay just saying that, like, anybody would have done the same thing in his position. Like, it's tough, but, you know, you put a lot into the studio, so you gotta take the deal that you can Absolutely. you, can get, you know? Um, and I'm sure that it was not an exorbitant amount of money. Like, I, I'm sure that it was not. He, he didn't get to sell the studio for what, whatever Back Bay got sold for. Like, it wasn't that kind of deal.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, cause it is. I mean, it's like, what are you actually buying? And in this case, they were buying a very valuable lease in Williamsburg. Like, that's what they were buying. Yeah. Um, uh, what else haven't we talked about? Um,
1: Oh, I, the thing about Skype and your pregnant pause is sometimes
0: I think maybe my computer broke. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess the only other thing is, like, I- I've been in this, like, really weird place of just, like... not really knowing what the fuck I'm doing in terms of teaching. Like, just kinda of like, well oh, okay, well, I'm gonna try this and see what happens and and just kinda of feeling a little Well I don't know, not not knowing what I'm doing is an oversimplification. It just feels like There are things that I'm practicing that are deeply interesting to me, but they're not integrated enough for me to really bring them into the classroom. But I'm realizing that the things that I can, like, fall back on, like the reliable skills and tools and techniques that I have taught for years, there's still this, like sometimes really subtle implication of, like, trying to get the pose or trying to get something. And it's just... That's just not... I don't know. It's just not what I... It's not what I'm practicing. And so when I catch myself, like, slipping into that, um, which I probably have been doing all along, it's just for whatever reason I'm, like hyper aware of it now um it has been really uh and like the other day i had a had a thought of like okay so what if i like really like stripped it down to like the like if i tried to get rid of as much of the getting and 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 acquiring shit Like, what would be, like, the essence of the practice that I could teach? And it was... Basically came to the conclusion at the end of that thought safari that, okay, (laughs) if that was the case, I would basically just teach meditation for 90 minutes. And then Shabbat... Or, like, for an hour, and then Shavasana. Like, that would be... Which doesn't really work in terms of, like, people signing up to go to a yoga class. So, like, I have to still teach within the frame of both what I'm practicing and what the culture dictates. But it's also... I don't know. It's also just some days hard to really uh, work through that conundrum. Um... So,
1: yeah, and this is, this is the same thing that I've been thinking about. Because if you follow that thought safari a little bit, when you say, okay, well, what are we doing when we're, when we're seeking that, that when we're chasing shapes? Yeah. And we're seeking this idea that everybody is capable of, of doing certain inherent movements, functions, ranges of motion, the human body is naturally built to do this, and we can achieve that state of nature, that baseline, if only we are disciplined and we do this and we push through. And and there's nothing, you know, the other side of it. There's nothing wrong with. Like, is there something wrong with wanting that idea? I, I think the problem with the idea is that it's singular and that it's universal.
0: Well, it's to me, it's that it, you know people can pursue whatever range of motion and whatever physical feats they want to pursue, but if the ground isn't that of sort of uh, applying sort of mindfulness awareness practice and applying. Um, or exploring, uh, explore. well, how do I say this? Um, if there's no acknowledgement that what we're doing at the end of the day, well, at least what I think we should be doing at the end of the day is using yoga practice to take care of ourselves, whatever that. Whatever that means on a given day for a given person. Um, so if we're using practice to take care of ourselves, the first thing we have to have to do is go through some process of of feeling what the fuck's going on. And then hopefully we can then apply that process of what's of feeling what's going on to, you know, certain postures or certain movements or certain, uh, visualizations or certain, whatever, whatever tools a a person might choose to choose to explore. Um, but you know, I don't, I don't know that someone would get there If that wasn't in some ways explicitly stated. Like I don't know that it's a guarantee that someone would start up an Ashtanga practice or a power yoga practice and like naturally come to the uh conclusion that there was there was something um there was another process that could that was potentially at work. Um Mm-mm. Uh, and it's especially been interesting because I, I don't know if I told you, but I had like a, a, a like an idiot fell on the stairs over here, uh, um, at the office. I like, I forgot, I realized that I'd forgotten to turn the alarm on. Um, and so I like was in the process of running down the stairs and then went to turn back up the stairs and just fell down hard. Oh no. And totally tore something in my hip. Um, minor, nothing like, nothing horrible. It wasn't like I was out of commission for, uh, out of commission at all. But it was, it, it was a fucking fall and, um, sort of in the process of working with that being more and more like, oh, okay. Like all of this, like, I don't know how much all of this bullshit about, uh, you know, um, like, uh, trying to understand the, like, meticulous ins and outs of biomechanics. Like, I don't know how much my knowledge of that actually helped. Like, it did help. Like, when you were trying to nurse? Yeah, like, it, it did help, but only on, only as a place to start. It was like, so I know intellectually what's in there, but the tools that I was actually using, like, I was thinking about, like, I was thinking about Angela Farmer, just like, grabbing and holding her thigh bone and like gently tractioning it away and like finding different ways to work in that way and then moving that to a seated position and then moving that to a standing position and then exploring like the thing that was really tricky for a couple of weeks was doing any lateral poses on that on that leg with that leg forward. So it was like seeing if I could kind of talk to it and really feel what was going on, and then sort of building things back up slowly. Um, and while that does require a some degree of understanding of biomechanics and anatomy, like it's really more of an attitude than...
1: Because the answer to every question, Ryan, is always Angela Farmer. <laughs>
0: She's a brilliant woman.
1: It's true though. Like, so you had this intellectual understanding. Yeah. And, but when it comes, when it comes down to brass tacks, what you needed was something more like hands-on and intuitive and. Yeah.
0: But it experiential. wasn't experiential, but it wasn't that I would have like, I don't know that I would have been able to do that. Had I not had a, a, and again, I'm not talking about like needing to know every muscle within the hip. Though that's interesting to me and somewhat helpful, but to just have a simple understanding about, well, this is what the hip can do. So let me see as I move my hip, like, what am I feeling? Like what happens when I go this way? What happens when I go that way? And so that part is intuitive, but it requires, it does still require a map. You know what I mean? Okay, so
1: when my sister came to visit, she she's a massage therapist, and she started rubbing my hip. Yeah. And I found that to be like a little bit of the, the map I needed, which was like a kinesthetic reference point of somebody else putting their hands. Yes. And feeling like, oh, wow, so it's not just what I, you know, it's not just the the TFL or it's not just the quadratus lumborum. It's all of them combined right into my glute, you know, that, that sort of full picture understanding through different senses. Yeah. Is it feeling better?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, every, every once in a while, like I, I had like a really, It's funny, like, it was feeling really great, and then I just had, like, a really shitty day last Friday, and I, like, left the office, and I started walking to Charlestown to teach, and it was, like... It was in, like, full-on grip, and I was like, I didn't do anything to you today. This is totally just the result of me being pissed off. Holy shit. Like there you know i hadn't like done it i hadn't like walked a a long distance i hadn't like practiced anything like i didn't like pushed myself in practice or anything like that it was just that like oh like you had a shitty day you got pissed off and now this thing is going to be a little bit angry right now um not that you can make like a direct causation there but there's definitely a correlation okay so here's something sort of along those lines
1: Uh, so the cervix, Uh
0: which
1: I I did not spend a lot of time thinking about, maybe
0: should have, but (laughs) thinking about your cervix.
1: Yeah. Um, at one point during my multi-day extravaganza, uh, one of the nurses saw in my chart, um, trauma and, I, she, she said, Hey, I know that you, you know, that we haven't talked about this, but, uh, for, for some women, the cervix has a lot of trouble dilating, uh, for trauma survivors. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? (laughs) And it's like the most obvious thing as soon as she said it. But I like went in there not thinking about that. At all, because I've done so much, yeah, you know, where trauma lives. (laughs) I like did not think it could be in that neighborhood. And then another nurse said it to me. She's like, I looked on your chart, she's like, and I noticed this. She's like, I just want you to know you can progress in every possible way in your body, but for some women, the cervix, yeah will not progress, you know, or it will, it will progress much more slowly or you, you know, it can be, and they, they discovered that when they were doing exams to see how far. Yeah. And then An- Angela, the final, the final nurse, <laughs> the one that I, yeah you know, that I want to send my baby to, cause she's so amazing. She, she looked at me and she goes, as soon as you cool. get this epidural she's like your cervix is gonna go she goes and that's because of the trauma she's like i assure you and like that's pretty much what happened and it was just this idea of oh my god like you know we always talk in yoga about oh this lives in the hip this lives here and and the mind-body connection of like how we hold and grip uh psychological things physically somatically and uh I I 100% believe it more than I ever did now.
0: Except that I don't like... I drank the Kool-Aid, Ryan. I drank it. Except to to say that that I think what's less interesting about less interest or what's more interesting than talking about where trauma lives is an an actual like, well, if we can feel through the body and we can, we can recognize the spaces that are gripped.
1: That's, that's what I'm interested in. It's yeah, not, like, not the geography of where it lives, but the action of what the, the protective it does, mechanism. the protect, yes, the gripping, yeah. the holding, the, the fear, the somatic yeah. uh, unwillingness to yeah. have a ponic energy, which
0: And that that grip can, can happen in, in, in ways that are very subtle too. Like, oh no. Um, it, it, you know, it it could just be from, well, it it could be psychological, it could be stress related, it could be, it, it could be you know, more extreme trauma. It could be just because you like what was happening and, and still happens on certain days since I fell is like when I go to step and like make an, like impact of the heel to the floor, like I can feel the muscles kind of just like squeeze in real quick to like brace for impact, which is like a super interesting. And I've been actually doing a lot of the like, um, some of the Kamenoff, like gate stuff and like really feeling like as my right foot hits the floor, like how like is is that contraction pattern, is that gripping pattern still manifesting and can I uh kind of just be like, hey, we're just walking. you are okay. You're we're just okay. walking here. There's You're okay. no there's no reason. Um
1: and your body's like, sure, there is, asshole. Yeah. You fell going up the stairs. Yeah, because our bodies are smart. Yes. They
0: are. <laughs> well, and it's also, you know, the soft tissue takes because I'm I'm pretty sure, and 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 I my teacher worked on it a bunch, and we both came to the conclusion that it is some some sort of minor soft tissue tearing that happened um, that just takes like eight plus weeks to heal like that's that's a, a conservative so it's like it's a continual like daily process of being like hey what the fuck's going on in here yeah and it's you know it's one of those things that's like not nearly painful enough to like go see someone about um and is getting better so it's like not not worth going down that road um But, uh, it's just like, and then, so when I see like, especially on that yoga movement and research Facebook group, when I see people like freaking out about, you know, an injury they got from doing this type of practice or they got from doing this type of pose, I'm just like, you don't, there's like no way like people just, people get, bodies get injured. And we can blame yoga for it, or we can try to expand our definition of yoga to make it helpful. Um, and if, if that's not important to you, if you don't actually like doing yoga, then you should stop doing yoga and you should do something else. Um, but it still would be the something else would still be a way to actually care for yourself. Um, and that, practice yoga. And, and inherently then you are practicing yoga. So it, it, uh,
1: Oh my gosh, Ryan. What? Um, My darling angel has just had a shit explosion. (laughs) And I've been waiting for it with bated breath for the last two days. I kind of want to show you. Um, Oh God. (laughs) Well, I got to get her out of this thing either way. Oh my God, I'm so proud of you. I never thought I'd care so much.
0: Oh, God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, God. Oh, honey. Oh, dear. What are we going to do? You really, you waited till unrolled for your Poonami. <laughs> oh, breath taking. <laughs> All right. I think we got to end. Yeah, gotta I think we got to end first. it at
0: that point. <laughs> wow.
1: But we're so, I'm so excited. She did so well.
0: She did so well until that last. (laughs) Oh my god! Oh, I this is breathtaking. (laughs)
1: It's so much. (laughs) Good job, Frankie.
0: Can Can the episode be called Frankie Takes (laughs) Such?
1: Frankie takes a hot dump. Episode seventy (laughs) two. She's like, you guys are so full of shit. It's moving mine through. (laughs) Um, I'm proud of you, baby girl. I'm going to have to do not only her laundry, but mine. Okay. That sounds like a plan. All right. And um, I'm just going to, I just want to say this one thing, uh, because I talked a lot about my experience about childbirth, but anybody out there that's listening, don't be afraid. Everybody has a different experience. Every experience is beautiful and unique and there is no right way to do it there is no freaking one way to do anything and I would love to hear from other uh, people their experiences that are you know different than mine or similar but I just want to be make very clear that there's no wrong way Yeah. for pretty much anything you know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> alright Ryan I love you I love you too let's talk soon
0: indeed Bye. It's bye, bye. <laughs> of what the right
1: thing to do is and what the state of nature is and how to return to it. But the fact of the matter is there is no state of nature anymore. There is no like quote unquote authentic paleo lifestyle. There's, there is no going to, to returning to the woods Yeah, because that's not the creatures we are anymore. That's not how our bodies are built. Um, and there are women who can have a quote unquote natural birth, um, But every box has to be checked off and perfectly aligned, and your water sure as shit can't break twenty four hours before you have to push. And you know, it's just an analogy for everything else um, Uh and how how we think we should walk through life based on the idea of what purity is. And the word purity is such a is such a dangerous thought of like what is best here's the cleanest way to do something and it it all ties in to yoga because the community we're part of absolutely affected my expectation for what I thought I was supposed to do during this massive event in my life you know what I mean
0: yeah so but in that in that moment where you like were you was it really the thought of like, oh shit, this is like I, my i'm I'm not doing this the way that I'm supposed to
1: a little bit I had a moment of oh no, <laughs> I am using uh, western medicine <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh no, I need western medicine and I think that the the other sub thought to oh no, I need Western medicine is I have not done a good enough job preparing with all of the tools that are available to me that are not Western medicine. I, I didn't do a good enough job with the hypnobirthing. I didn't do enough prenatal yoga. I didn't do enough meditation. Like there were all of those, that cascade of thoughts of, well, if I have to use Western medicine, I have failed to sufficiently prepare in the other modalities. Mm -hmm. Uh, which I think is sort of this unspoken thing amongst – and I, I'd be curious about other um, mom yogis and their experience of that. And, and like I'm experiencing it with thing after thing in motherhood. And I'm like 10 seconds into being a mom, but I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like – I'm trying to breastfeed, but my milk's not coming in great. So I'm like moving heaven and earth to try to make my boobs crank out more milk. And I could understand how somebody could inadvertently starve their child (laughs) trying to do it the natural and the right way where it's like at the end of the day, no, you just, A, you got to get the baby fucking out of you. You've got to do it so that you're healthy enough so you can take care of them afterwards. You know, as best you can, yeah. and so that they come out as healthy as they can. Oh, and then you know, what? you got to feed them. But like those two very simple things are, are convoluted with the idea of there is this quote unquote natural way, this pure, this right, this state of nature way to do something that absolutely has been affected by my participation in contemporary yoga culture. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm in, I'm enjoying playing with that
0: <laughs> balance of. Shit! <laughs> As she slurps her iced tea. Oh, but you
1: know what's in it? What? Don't worry. This is like magical lactation tea that's supposed to make me <laughs> ooze more milk. Fantastic. <sighs> I don't know, Ryan. I I'm excited she's here. She's she's awesome. Um, but the culture around motherhood and and choices we make is is i'm you know i'm looking forward to getting really angry
0: (laughs) yeah i'm looking forward to it too i think it's gonna be fantastic (laughs) Uh. (sighs) Uh. um yeah i don't know where to go from there
1: (laughs) i know i don't know either i oh excuse me Um, in terms of, uh, physical stuff, I will say this at one point, uh, my nurse, Angela, who is like the saving grace of this whole narrative, um, was putting my body in yoga positions to help move my pelvis around to make space for her to come out. Yeah. She had me in like supine twists and like we were using props and balls to, to shift things around and. And I was like, this is all yoga. And Like, you know, I'm saying yeah. sort of in my twilight. <laughs> the other thing that happened that is absolutely going to affect my practice coming out of this is, um, I, I mean, I've never been a deeply – well, that's not true. I, I have a lot less shame, I think, than the average bear. Sure. You know, by design. I've worked on that. But now, I mean, literally, once I delivered Frankie, I – I was naked (laughs) and (laughs) apparently I like whipped off the blanket and like was just like once my, my legs came back, I was, I was just walking around naked and just because you have so many people up in your shit that you just get, you forget. Yeah. To care. Um, so I don't anymore in a really exciting way. I, I don't care what anybody thinks of what this body looks like. Um and I hope that that lasts.
0: <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. I hope that lasts too.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like I feel like I would go to a yoga class and wear a sports bra now if it was a sweaty one and just not give a flying rat's tit <laughs> that like my belly is pouring over my yoga yeah. pants.
0: I don't know. Do you feel okay physically or
1: Well, at one point one of the midwives had her hands on my the, the ischial tuberosities, is that sure. it? The sit bones? The, the two loops above it. It's, yes. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, not, yeah. Yeah. So she had her hands on those, and I'm glad we have a video right now so that you can see. And she goes <laughs> like, I'm just going to open up your pelvis a little bit more. And I was like, all right. And she went, mm. Like, literally, I saw her elbows <laughs> come flying out as she opened up my pelvis. Um, and then I for all intents and purposes the last the couple of days after giving birth i was a fucking fine like everything was fine and then on day 3 or 4 all of a sudden i could barely walk something in my hip yeah is is different now um <laughs> so yeah, um, i mean it'll be interesting to work through that cuz it's just on one side yeah uh, but i think it's soft tissue because I was afraid. I have a I have a friend who tore her labrum because you're essentially in happy baby. Yeah. To get the kid out. Well, at least I was. I was in happy baby on my side and then I was in happy baby on my back. Uh-huh. And I was like, no, no, no. no. I'm not putting my hands behind my knees. I'm putting my hands up to the knife edge of my feet. <laughs> no. We reach here and pull down. See, do I get extra credit points, nurses? And they were like, shut up.
0: <laughs> what? How, how was Nick during all of this? That poor man saw
1: every fluid come out of my body. <laughs> he was a rock star, you know? He just was quiet, steady, and went in the moment that I needed him the most, which was when I was being presented with new facts about... Yeah. what was actually happening with labor which is some of the nurses hadn't communicated with me clearly that
0: uh-huh.
1: my cervical process uh progress wasn't what I thought it was and when I had the, the, the angry nurse come in that I was scared of come in and sort of tell me the reality of what I was looking at um Nick at the end of the day because I was having trouble understanding sort of what she was saying I just looked to Nick and was like Nick what do we do and he was like we do this and I was like, "Perfect," and and to have somebody that you trust enough to just make a decision, you know, on something like that. Yeah. Um, he did great. He did great. Oh, wait. What was the other thing I wanted to tell you about? Oh, my brain. Yeah, I mean, you go afterwards. Your brain is useless. Or at least mine has been for the last couple of days, and it's not like a stereotype. Like it's something. Yeah. It's that's the acid bit. Like for the last couple of weeks, I'm just can't see straight almost. Yeah. I'm making childbirth sound awesomely fun, aren't I? <laughs> well,
0: at least you're at least you're being being honest about it.
1: Man, what the hell did I want to tell you? I
0: don't know.
1: What were we talking about before, Nick? Were we were talking about... Oh, anyways, I forget. I forget. Um, but you have to come over and meet her. I know, I, think, I do. I think that's the key, because she has oily hair, just like that's really the most magnificent thing about her, is her oily hair. <laughs> I mean, there's more magnificent things about her, but that's, that's, that's really the most... That's the thing. That's the most exciting thing right now. Um, I am curious, though, if anybody is listening and has had... understands what I'm saying in terms of the you didn't even know you had the expectations on yourself that were sort of subtly placed there by just, and it's not just the yoga community. I don't think that's fair, yeah. but it, it's, yeah, it's the, um, sort of the new age wellness, yeah. holistic, uh, West meets East pseudo, pseudo sort of, uh, I'm really interested in all of these healing modalities from all of these cultures kind yeah. of mindset that we all are, you know, are being sold. Um, and some of us are practicing genuinely, and everything in between. Yeah, uh, I'd be curious how that's affected other people for childbirth and motherhood. Yeah, we got to get Megan, Caitlin. Uh huh. That'll be fun.
0: But also, I mean, isn't it just to a certain extent? I mean, once you've, once you've given birth to the kid like isn't it to some degree like intuitive which part the like parenting part isn't it like i mean Uh, that's what what i've heard what an
1: interesting point you've brought up and i'm so glad you brought it up intuition this is um so we had i think yes and no um i i would guess that most people have intuition But when you're going to doctors and lactation consultants and family and all these people are around you and they make you question that intuition constantly. Yeah. Constantly. Like we had a, um, she had severe jaundice early, which um, they sent us home with this thing called a billy blanket, which is light therapy. And, um, you know, I was breastfeeding, but you have to start supplementing. Uh, with formula, too, a little bit, and um, the reason you have to do that is because if your milk supply doesn't come in, um, which is really fucked up, nature nature really shat the bed on this one. <laughs> so your milk, the, okay, the first thing that comes in is quote unquote colostrum, which you get for like a day, and it's this thick stuff that um, the baby's belly is like the size of a cherry, so they don't need much of it, but You have to have colostrum. And then in the next three to five days, they say, your milk comes in. Um, But we're at like week three and a half, and I'm still waiting for my milk supply to like get established. So like I had some of it come in, but not like. Yeah. And every freaking lactation consultant is like, no, 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 no it's like this for every woman every woman has the has has the innate and natural capacity to do this and i had to use my intuition and be like look i don't think my baby's getting enough i think something's wrong you know yeah. and a lot of people sort of pushed back on me with that and then at the end of the day i ended up putting her in a blanket and running her across the street to St. Elizabeth's ER, yeah. where they were like, wow, we're really glad you did that. And I was like, no shit. But everybody was like, <laughs> no, 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 everything's fine. So I do think there is this innate intuition when you when you you've push somebody out of your body, you're connected to them and you, you sense you know, things. Yeah. But there's also this tidal wave of information from people that are well-meaning but are causing you to question that.
0: Sure, sure.
1: Which is interesting because in yoga, we talk so much about, you know, trusting your God and trusting your intuition. And like, I, you know, so much of that was brought into question in the last couple of days. And every time it came up, I was like, oh, my God, this is part of my yoga practice.
0: This yeah. Part of my
1: yoga practice. I need to, <laughs> I need to talk to Ryan about this. Because <laughs> um, it's terrifying. And my uncle, who's a marathon runner, he's run, like, 68 marathons uh, and run them, like, well, like, qualified for Boston. Like, he's not a professional runner, but he's, like, a, he's like the best of the best of the hobbyists. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. And he sent me an email uh, after I delivered Frankie and was like, okay, compare birth, childbirth, to running a marathon. Because now you've done both, and you can talk to me. And I was like, "Oh yeah, absolutely." So you run the marathon, and then somebody comes up to you with a gun and puts it against your head and says, "I want you to run the fastest 5K you've ever run." (laughs) And so you do it. And then when you're done with that, they're like, "Hey, good job. Uh, Go find your car and drive home." And you don't know where it is in the parking lot. You have no food. And no keys. And so you're stumbling around a parking lot after running the marathon and the gun to your head 5K as so you're looking for your car. Oh, and then the caveat to all of this is if you fuck any part of it up, someone dies. <laughs> <laughs> like Gabby added that last bitch. Remember the emotional heft of failure is someone's going to get sick and die. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember how that ties into what we were talking about. Did it? I
0: don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, I lost the thread. I mean, is that any different than any other episode? <laughs> it's true.
1: Oh, excuse me. But I don't know. I don't know. I'm looking forward to, um, getting on my mat again. And yeah. I'm also really scared of it. Cause I'm basically going to get on my mat with a different body yeah just how it works i don't give so much a shit about what it looks like but like i know that like i've tried to do a couple things at home
0: yeah
1: like uh oh i'm I, I have two seconds to get in the shower i should do a plank <laughs> i should do an awkward naked pendulous uneven breasted plank on my bathroom floor <laughs> fair fair and that didn't go so well yeah. <laughs> Oh. so has anybody what's what's going on in the in the had there been any um has there been any any scandals in social media
0: um we- i i'm not that i i've been i've been avoiding social media like the plague um i uh uh saw um well i don't know if you listened to the podcast where where uh jay uh ended up selling the studio (gasps) oh no i haven't listened yet um so there was that uh and And you sold
1: it to a hot yoga studio
0: yeah and it was it it made me like totally flashback to when Back Bay was sold like and just like what of like fucking strange time that was <laughs> like when i think back on that like that was that was a really really strange time like there was so much shit in 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 flux and everyone was so like uh I mean I think really like terrified as to what was gonna happen. Um, uh-huh. um and then also like jockeying for position. Um and so I just thought of of everybody that J- both Jay and everybody that worked at that studio and felt like Oh, that really sucks. I mean it's great to like They're not gonna keep the teachers, are they? I, I don't know. It sounded like they were going to try, um but, uh, and I just emailed, I had one email exchange with Jay just saying that, like, anybody would have done the same thing in his position. Like, it's tough, but, you know, you put a lot into the studio, so you gotta take the deal that you can Absolutely. you, can get, you know? Um, and I'm sure that it was not an exorbitant amount of money. Like I, I'm sure that it was not he. He didn't get to sell the studio for what, whatever Back Bay got sold for. Like it wasn't that kind of deal.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: because it is. I mean, it's like, what are you actually buying? And in this case, they were buying a very valuable lease in Williamsburg. Like that's what they were buying. Yeah. Um. Uh. What else haven't we talked about? Um. Oh, I, The thing about
1: Skype and your pregnant pause is sometimes I think maybe my computer broke. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I don't know. I guess the only other thing is, like, I- I've been in this, like, really weird place of just, like, not really knowing what the fuck I'm doing in terms of teaching. Like, just... Kind of like, oh, okay, well, I'm gonna try this and see what happens and, and just kind of feeling a little. Well, I don't know, not, not knowing what I'm doing is an oversimplification. It just feels like. there are things that I'm practicing that are deeply interesting to me, but they're not integrated enough for me to really bring them into the classroom. But I'm realizing that the things that I can like fall back on, like the reliable skills and tools and techniques that I have taught for years, there's still this like, sometimes really subtle implication of, like, trying to get the pose or trying to get something. And it's just... That's just not... I don't know. It's just not what I... It's not what I'm practicing. And so when I catch myself, like, slipping into that, um, which I probably have been doing all along, it's just for whatever reason I'm, like hyper aware of it now um it has been really uh and like the other day i had a had a thought of like okay so what if i like really like stripped it down to like the like if i tried to get rid of as much of the getting and 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 acquiring shit Like, what would be, like, the essence of the practice that I could teach? And it was... Basically came to the conclusion at the end of that thought safari that... Okay, if that was the case, I would basically just teach meditation for 90 minutes. And then Shavasana... Or, like, for an hour, and then Shavasana. Like, that would be which doesn't really work in terms of like people signing up to go to a yoga class. So like, I have to still teach within the frame of both what I'm practicing and what the culture dictates, but it's also, I don't know. It's also just some days hard to really uh, work through that conundrum. Um, so
1: yeah and this is this is the same thing that I've been thinking about cuz if you follow that thought safari a little bit when you say okay well what are we doing when we're when we're seeking in that that when we're chasing shapes yeah and we're seeking this idea that everybody is capable of doing certain inherent movements, functions, ranges of motion, the human body is naturally built to do this, and we can achieve that state of nature, that baseline if only we are disciplined and we do this and we push through and and there's nothing you know the other side of this there's nothing wrong with. Like is there something wrong with wanting that idea? I, I think the problem with the idea is that it's singular and that it's universal
0: well it's to me it's that it you know people can pursue whatever range of motion and whatever physical feats they want to pursue, but if the ground isn't that of sort of uh, applying sort of mindfulness awareness practice and applying Um, or exploring, uh, explore. Well, how do I say this? Um, if there's no acknowledgement that what we're doing at the end of the day, well, at least what I think we should be doing at the end of the day is using yoga practice to take care of ourselves, whatever that whatever that means on a given day for a given person. Um, so if we're using practice to take care of ourselves, the first thing we have to have to do is go through some process of, of feeling what the fuck's going on. And then hopefully we can then apply that process of what's of feeling what's going on to, you know, certain postures or certain movements or certain, uh, visualizations or certain, whatever, whatever tools a a person might choose to, choose to explore. Um, but you know, I don't, I don't know that someone would get there if that wasn't in some ways explicitly stated like i don't know that it's a guarantee that someone would start up an ashtanga practice or a power yoga practice and like naturally come to the uh conclusion that there was there was something um there was another process that could that was potentially at work um Mm-mm. Uh, and it's especially been interesting because I don't, I don't know if I told you, but I had like a, a, a like an idiot fell on the stairs over here, uh, um, at the office. I like, I forgot, I realized that i had forgotten to turn the alarm on. Um, and so I like was in the process of running down the stairs and then went to turn back up the stairs and just fell down hard. Oh no. And totally tore something in my hip. Um, minor, nothing like, nothing horrible. It wasn't like I was out of commission for, uh, out of commission at all. But it was, it, it was a fucking fall and, um, sort of in the process of working with that being more and more like, oh, okay. Like all of this, I don't know how much all of this bullshit about, uh, you know, um, Like uh, trying to understand the like meticulous ins and outs of biomechanics, like I don't know how much my knowledge of that actually helped, like it did help like when you were trying to nurse yeah nurse it. like it it did help, but only on only as a place to start it was like so I know intellectually what's in there, but the tools that I was actually using, like I was thinking about like I was thinking about Angela farmer, just like grabbing and holding her thigh bone and like gently tractioning it away and like finding different ways to work in that way and then moving that to a seated position and then moving that to a standing position and then exploring like the thing that was really tricky for a couple of weeks was doing any lateral poses on that, on that lit with that leg forward. So it was like seeing if I could kind of talk to it, and really feel what was going on, and then sort of building things back up slowly. Um, and while that does require a some degree of understanding of biomechanics and anatomy, like it's really more of an attitude than...
1: Because the answer to every question, Ryan, is always Angela Farmer. <laughs>
0: She's a brilliant woman.
1: It's true, though. Like, so you had this intellectual understanding. Yeah. And but when it comes when it comes down to brass tacks, what you needed was something more like hands on and intuitive and. Yeah.
0: But it wasn't experiential. But it wasn't that I would have like I don't know that I would have been able to do that had I not had a, a. And again, I'm not talking about like needing to know every muscle within the hip though that's interesting to me and somewhat helpful, but to just have a simple understanding about, well, this is what the hip can do. So let me see, as I move my hip, like, what am I feeling? Like, what happens when I go this way? What happens when I go that way? And so that part is intuitive, but it requires, it does still require a map. You know what I mean? Okay, so
1: when my sister came to visit, she she's a massage therapist, and she started rubbing my hip. Yeah. And I found that to be, like, a little bit of the, the map I needed, which was, like, a kinesthetic reference point of somebody else putting their hands. Yes. And feeling like, oh, wow, so it's not just what I, you know, it's not just the the TFL or it's not just the quadratus lumborum. It's all of them combined right into my glute, you know, that, that sort of full picture understanding through different senses.
0: Yeah. Is it feeling better? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, every, every once in a while, like I, I had like a really, It's funny, like, it was feeling really great, and then I just had, like, a really shitty day last Friday, and I, like, left the office, and I started walking to Charlestown to teach, and it was, like, it was in, like, full-on grip, and I was like, I didn't do anything to you today. This is totally just the result of me being pissed off. Holy shit. Like there you know I hadn't like done it I hadn't like walked a, a long distance I hadn't like practiced anything like I didn't like pushed myself in practice or anything like that it was just that like oh like you had a shitty day you got pissed off and now this and thing you're... is gonna be a little bit angry right now um not that you can make like a direct causation there but there's definitely a correlation okay so here's something sort of along those lines
1: Uh, so the cervix, Uh which I I did not spend a lot of time thinking about, maybe should have,
0: but (laughs) thinking about your cervix.
1: Yeah. Um, at one point during my multi-day extravaganza, uh, one of the nurses saw in my chart, um, trauma and, I, she, she said, Hey, I know that you, you know, that we haven't talked about this, but, uh, for, for some women, the cervix has a lot of trouble dilating, uh, for trauma survivors. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? <laughs> and it's like the most obvious yeah. Thing, as soon as she said it. But I like went in there not thinking about that at all because I've done so much. Yeah. You know, where trauma lives. <laughs> I like did not think it could be in that neighborhood. And then another nurse said it to me. She's like, I looked on your chart. She's like, and I noticed this. She's like, I just want you to know you can progress in every possible way in your body. But for some women, the cervix. Yeah will not progress, you know, or it will, it will progress much more slowly or you, you know, it can be, and they, they discovered that when they were doing exams to see how far. Yeah. And then A- Angela, the final, the final nurse, <laughs> the one that I, yeah you know, that I want to send my baby to, cause she's so amazing. She, she looked at me and she goes, as soon as you cool. get this epidural she's like your cervix is gonna go she goes and that's because of the trauma she's like i assure you and like that's pretty much what happened and it was just this idea of oh my god like you know we always talk in yoga about oh this lives in the hip this lives here and and the mind-body connection of like how we hold and grip uh psychological things physically somatically and uh I, I 100% believe it more than I ever did now. Except that I don't like... I drank the Kool-Aid, Ryan. I drank it. I, except to, to say
0: that that I think what's less interesting about less interest, or what's more interesting than talking about where trauma lives is an an actual like well if we can feel through the body and we can we can recognize the spaces that are gripped.
1: That's that's what I'm interested in. It's yeah not like, not the geography of where it lives, but the action of what the, the protective it does. Mechanism. The protect yes, the gripping, yeah. the holding, the the fear, the somatic yeah. uh, unwillingness to yeah. have a ponic energy.
0: Which and that, that grip can can happen in 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 ways that are very subtle too. Like, oh no, um, it it you know it, it could just be from well, it, it could be psychological. It could be stress related. It could be it it could be you know, more extreme trauma. It could be just because you like what was happening and, and still happens on certain days since I fell is like when I go to step and like make an, like impact of the heel to the floor, like I can feel the muscles kind of just like squeeze in real quick to like brace for impact, which is like a super interesting and i've been actually doing a lot of the like um some of the kamenoff like gait stuff and like really feeling like as my right foot hits the floor like how like is is that contraction pattern is that gripping pattern still manifesting and can i uh kind of just be like hey we're just walking you're okay you're we're okay. just walking here there's you're no okay. there's no reason um, and your body's like, sure, there is,
1: asshole. Yeah. You fell going up the stairs. Yeah, it's because our bodies are smart. Yes. They
0: are. <laughs> well, and it's also, you know, the soft tissue takes because I'm I'm pretty sure, and 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 I my teacher worked on it a bunch, and we both came to the conclusion that it is some some sort of minor soft tissue tearing that happened um, that just takes like eight plus weeks to heal. Like that's, that's a, a conservative. So it's like, it's a continual like daily process of being like, Hey, what the fuck's going on in here? Yeah. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's one of those things that's like not nearly painful enough to like go see someone about, um, and it's getting better. So it's like not, not worth going down that road. Um, But, uh, it's just like, and then, so when I see like, especially on that yoga movement and research Facebook group, when I see people like freaking out about, you know, an injury they got from doing this type of practice or they got from doing this type of pose, I'm just like, you don't, there's like no way like people just, people get bodies get injured. And we can blame yoga for it, or we can try to expand our definition of yoga to make it helpful. Um, and if if that's not important to you, if you don't actually like doing yoga, then you should stop doing yoga and you should do something else. Um, but it still would be the something else would still be a way to actually care for yourself. Um, and that, practice yoga. And, and inherently then you are practicing yoga. So it, it, uh, Oh my
1: gosh, Ryan. What? Um, My darling angel has just had a shit explosion. (laughs) And I've been waiting for it with bated breath for the last two days. I kind of want to show you. Um, Oh God. (laughs) Well, I gotta get her out of this thing. Either way. Oh my God, I'm so proud of you. I never thought I'd care so much.
0: Oh God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh God! Oh, honey! Oh dear! What are we gonna do? You really you waited till unrolled for your punami. <laughs> oh, breathtaking! <laughs> All right, I think we got to end. Yeah, gotta I think we got to end it at that
0: point. <laughs> wow!
1: But we're so I'm so excited. She did so well.
0: She did so well until that last <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, I this is breathtaking.
1: <laughs> it's, so, it's so much. <laughs> ah, good job, Frankie.
0: Can can the episode be called Frankie takes
1: a <laughs> <laughs> Frankie takes a hot dump. Episode 72. <laughs> She's like, you guys are so full of shit. It's moving mine through. (laughs) Um, I'm proud of you, baby girl. I'm going to have to do not only her laundry, but mine.
0: Okay. That sounds like a plan. All
1: right. And um, I'm just going to, I just want to say this one thing, uh, because I talked a lot about my experience about childbirth, but anybody out there that's listening, don't be afraid. Everybody has a different experience. Every experience is beautiful and unique and there is no right way to do it. There is no fricking one way to do anything. And I would love to hear from other uh, people, their experiences that are, you know, different than mine or similar, but I just want to be, make very clear that there's no wrong way. Yeah. For pretty much anything, you know? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan, I love you. I love you too. Let's talk soon.
0: Indeed. Bye. It's
1: Bye. <laughs>